Welcome to the Truman Charities Podcast. This is Jamie Truman, your host. This podcast is for philanthropists that are actively looking to expand their donor portfolio. The founders and I will be having in-depth conversations about their organization. At the conclusion of each episode, you will be able to make an educated decision on if this organization resonates with you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Truman Charities Podcast. Today, my guest is Jean-Claude Schaefer. He's a junior at South County High School in Lorton, Virginia. Jean-Claude founded the Elder Outreach Club, a successful organization started at South County High School and currently has over 120 members from two schools. And he is doing this all while maintaining a GPA of 4.31, which is very impressive. Jean-Claude, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. You know, this means a lot, spreading the word and getting through, really furthering our impact of the Elder Irish Club through our community and through the DMV and everywhere. It's just been a fantastic experience. So thank you so much for having me on the show today. Of course. Um, so excited. So one of my good friends works for Fox 5 DC, and she's the one Mm. that reached out to me because you did the pay it forward segment. And then when I was watching that segment, and then I tuned in and went onto your Instagram and your Facebook, I also saw that you did a segment with NBC4, which was a fantastic segment. Oh my God. (laughs) They were both great. How did it feel doing both of those segments? Okay. So the Fox News one was actually a live segment. So we only had one go at that. It was like an all or nothing sort of thing. And that one was a little bit more nerve wracking because we had only a super small amount of time to do it. And there were no retakes. And I had to be like super sure what I was going to say quickly and effectively and made sure all that. But the NBC one was a little bit easier because we sat down for a while. I gave her all the information about the club. Um, if I didn't say something right, she could we could redo it or she just included any quotes that I had from the interview, things that were most effective. Uh, that she could include into the actual story, which was a lot, lot easier on me. But I mean, both experiences were wonderful. And it, it was so awesome being featured on NBC and CNN. Like, that's crazy. I know. It's very impressive in such a short amount of time how much media you have gotten. But it makes sense for all the great work that you're doing. So uh, thank I, you. I want you to tell everyone just, you know what, a little bit about yourself, your story and why you decided to found this club? Yeah, of course. So I have a grandma and she lives in California and I love her so much. She's such a big part of my life. And, you know, we visit California all the time. She has a cabin in Lake Tahoe, uh, a really wonderful and scenic place. Love going there. Love visiting her. She's altogether just a wonderful person. And so when the pandemic started and everything, it was really tough for a lot of people. And I wasn't necessarily able to visit my grandma. I couldn't see her. Uh, the only thing I could do was send her text messages, FaceTime her, nothing, none of the in-person contact, just so we could not put her at risk of any transmission of the COVID-19 virus. And this was really hard for me because, you know, my grandma is a very big part of my life and not being able to uh, see her and conversate with her in person and do like activities in person. It was pretty rough, but sort of having that there and, you know, understanding that there's other people in my community, especially elderly people uh, who are in retirement homes. I had a neighbor, actually. He passed away. He was a wonderful man. Uh, He was actually at uh, our nearby retirement center, Harmony at Spring Hill, especially during this COVID time. 
And we had gone to visit him one time and this was pre COVID and just seeing every, all the elders in the retirement home, it was sort of just like a confined, like sort of lonely, repetitive sort of activities that they had been doing all the time. And I had witnessed that like firsthand, just like observing, going to his room, looking around, seeing them doing their everyday activities. And it was kind of like hard to see that because seeing someone in that sort of space, like seven days a week, 365 mm-hmm. days a year, it's, it's sort of, it was rough. But what especially prompted me was during the COVID-19 impact, a lot of the elders, they, the retirement centers were completely shut down in a sense where they were confined and their family couldn't come and visit their retirement centers. And they were just sequestered there and you know, uh, (laughs) it was a lot lonelier than it is. And for, for me personally, I used to work, uh, it was one of my first jobs out of college. I ran a gym at an assistant living facility, which was connected to a nursing, Mm. nursing home. And I would have to kind of piggyback on what you're saying that what I noticed with the individuals that thrived the most were the ones that had the most contact with family, mm-hmm. friends, and even the the individuals that had their kind of companion dogs that were kind of their best. Yeah, friends. yeah. It really is. So I was thinking the same thing is when COVID did hit, I said, you know, they're, they're lacking um, human contact to begin with. So how mm-hmm. hard this must be on them. So when this happened and how did your grandma feel about not being able to see you guys during, during these last few years? Um, you know, it was really hard for her at first because usually we visit California like three times a year or so. And it's my dad's sister actually lives in Sacramento right near my grandma. So they visit her often. But during that time, they weren't able to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as you know, uh, for the older generation, it's much difficult for them to uh, use like applications such as Zoom or FaceTime and everything, just sort of maneuvering around all the technology and everything. And like, especially the people in the retirement centers, it was really hard for them as well to use those sort of sources of contact to reach out to their family and everything. So keeping that in mind as well, just like, really impacted them and made it seem even super lonely and, you know, difficulties with technology. So. So when this all happened and you were noticing the impact it had on your grandmother and your family, just not being able to connect like you usually do. And this kind of inspired you to start this program. So what were your steps? You have this idea and, and how did you go about it? How'd you go about founding it and, and bringing it to life? So really beginning the club, first, we needed a sponsor from the school. And I also had to write a constitution, a club constitution to go over all all the rules and everything, make sure uh, the club was run according to a set of standards. And then I had to take it to the school, the school board from Fairfax County Public Schools, and they had to make sure to get that approved and everything. Uh, So it was a little bit of a complicated process, as well as gain the support of members from my school to see if anyone was even interested in the club in the first place. And it did gain a lot of uh, initial support, which was really fantastic. Great. So tell me a little bit, I know that you had mentioned about some letter campaigns. Tell me a little bit about exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So the letter campaigns were fantastic. You know, as the elderly people were confined in their retirement homes, because they couldn't make contact with anyone. This prompted me the idea of, you know what, why don't we start some letter campaigns? Why don't we write letters from our community, people in our community, 
write personalized handwritten letters, draw handwritten uh, paintings and drawings and everything. And why don't we deliver them to the retirement centers? Uh, we don't have to make contact with them because remember the COVID-19 transmission, we wanted to reduce the risk of that as much as we could. But we could deliver them at the retirement centers and they could, the staff, the people working there could take the letters and drawings and hand them out to the elderly people. And that's what we did. So we started, uh, we started with a seasonal campaign. So we started with a winter a holiday Christmas writing campaign. And then in February, we had the Valentine's Day and then St. Patrick's Day. And then we had a spring one. And each month it was something new. So the kids, uh, members in my club could uh, look for something new, something interesting each month and something to guide them to writing the personalized letters. And, you know, it was fantastic at first, too, because whenever I got whenever I reached out to the retirement centers, they would always respond with kind messages of the elders. They enjoyed them. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for the letters. Like it means a lot. So that was during the very beginning. Mm-hmm. when we couldn't necessarily make in-person contact. Now, with before, me. so you're first, you're doing these letter campaigns and you're doing your first campaign. Can you tell me kind of, what did your letter say? So, oh, my first letter ever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was... What these letters say. So give me a little bit of insight in, into what what kind of letters these people are getting. Yeah. So our very first writing campaign, so it was the fall of 2020, there's more so into the winter time. We had a winter holiday writing campaign. So my letter that I wrote was about one of my favorite holiday experiences. I think it was Christmas more specifically. And it was, I mean, if we want to get super into detail, it's about just like spending time with my family and opening the presents and everything. And, you know, just really, and then, so how we would start the letters, we'd say like, dear special someone or dear person in need. So it'd be like sort of general terms. So it's not super specific. And then we continue by writing one of our holiday experiences. Everyone in the club, they'd sort of follow that formula. And then we'd also include little aspects in the letter saying like, what is your favorite holiday experiences? So it's sort of like interactive for them, like to read it and sort of think to themselves uh, earlier on in the day. So that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering and intrigued about what you guys are what you guys are yeah. writing about. So you were saying that that was in the very beginning. Has it mm. evolved at all? I did see some a few photos mm. on your Facebook um, and in your Instagram that you're able to now go in. A few people are able to go into the centers. Yeah, no, it, we have evolved significantly, like compared to where we started. Okay, perfect. So, you know, we started off with the letter campaigns. We only delivered them and then the staff would distribute them amongst the elderly people. But now it was May of 2021, which was our first, our very first in-person delivery. Uh, We went to Harmony at Spring Hill. Uh, We had a ton of letters. The kids did a wonderful job. And we hand-delivered them to the elderly people. We walked in, make sure conscious of COVID and everything, wore our masks. And we walked in and then we put the letters on the table and then we were able to personally pick up the letters, sit down with an elderly person and personally read it to them. And it was a fantastic experience. Not only did we like read these letters to them, but we were able to engage in conversations, which was sort of like a breakthrough during the time, because I know these elderly people probably hadn't been able to sit down with someone in a long time. And really be able to conversate with them, especially 
people of the younger generation. Like something like that was also probably super unique to them, especially for a long time. And being able to do that and establish that intergenerational connection and have them tell stories and be able to sit there and sort of have them even reminisce of their younger times. Uh, it was such a fantastic experience. And wow. Everything. So tell me some of the activities that you've been able to do that are interactive within the senior centers. Yeah, so um, this last winter or so in December, I actually had some members from our school orchestra, uh, violin players, come to the retirement center and perform holiday tunes, uh, Christmas tunes for the elders. And, you know, this was a wonderful experience because we had all the elderly people, uh, all the residents, they all sat in a circle. uh, They all pulled up chairs and the violin players, they played for an hour and they would sing along to every single song, every single song. And they had a fantastic job. And then I remember even one of the guys at the end was commenting, like, do kids still do this? Like, thank you so much. Like, thank you for your, thank you for your, your service and everything. So that that was a fantastic experience. And then, yeah. uh, So some other things that we've done too, is uh, we brought in crossword puzzles too, on one of our deliveries. And we, they were like little pocket ones and we handed them out to each of the residents and, they were able to solve them as well. And it was like a, it served as like a fun interactive puzzle and we would do them with them too. So uh, we were both able to communicate together and sort of like work together to solve it. So that was another fun experience. And, you know, really just talking to them in general and having them share their stories. There was one guy too, Martin, uh, one of the elderly persons, the residents at uh, Harmony at Spring Hill. And one super cool thing about him was that he actually worked in like foreign governmental affairs or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it was super cool. Cause he told me that he traveled the entire world and he's been to super cool locations. And he told, told us all about his experiences there. One place I remember specifically was Japan. And he told me how like the city of Tokyo was just fantastic. And this was like 30 years ago when he had been there. So it was sort of cool to, understand like how it's changed over time and like what it was like 30 years ago. Uh, Some really cool, interesting stories from them. So. Wow. That seems really enjoyable for both of you guys. You get to so much and they get to tell you, you know, a little bit about themselves and Mm -hmm. what they've, you know, accomplished and what they've been able to do. And the, when you're talking about the Christmas, uh, when you went in there and you had the orchestra for an hour, that sounds so fun. I love oh, it. Oh, it was so stuff. fun. It so was so fun. Must have been amazing. But you know, you were talking a little bit to me about this earlier that you had some future plans for the coming up here and it was included something with your dance team. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it wasn't until yesterday when I just realized that one of our club members competes like super competitively in a, um, a, a dance team at a, a private organization and they're amazing. And I, I looked them up and they do a really good job. And she was even telling me yesterday that they could have the dance team come perform at the retirement center. And I was like, wow, would that be amazing? So one of our plans for next year is to uh, uh, incorporate activities such as that and having like something like a dance performance at the retirement center and I mean, they can do all sorts of dance styles, contemporary, modern, whatever it may be. 
Uh, so I think that'd be like super cool for them to see. And I mean, especially like a modern dance style, like wouldn't that be cool for them to see something new? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it'd be super exciting. Um, and then as well as like implementing musical uh, services such as, so next year we're going to have a budget for the club this year. We didn't, it was more of just so anyone could uh, join and uh, it'd be easy, free. Uh, but next year we want to incorporate like a super small jet budget and charge like a small like membership fee so we can pay for activities such as possible musical services, having professional musicians come to the retirement centers and perform for them. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun for them and it'd be like a great service and make sure they have a good time. And, and the reason why we do want to incorporate a, a budget for next year is because we haven't this year and we've been, I've been paying like out of pocket to purchase uh, like presentation items. So every time we go deliver the items, uh, we go to the store and buy like uh, if it's St. Patrick's Day, we'll buy like a green bucket and like St. Patrick's Day decorations and everything. Uh, so I think a budget would really help for next year. Uh, that way we can pay for those things and as well as other activities, uh, any, any books that we'd want to buy or crossword puzzles, any magazine stories, anything we can necessarily use to promote like a greater interaction with them. So mm-hmm. now would people be able to donate to your club? There isn't a way because it's in Fairfax County public schools mm-hmm. a club. There isn't necessarily a, uh, a form of, we can't necessarily receive donations mm-hmm. um if this was like a private club right. i think we'd be able to i know we can receive like items uh but i'm not a hundred percent sure all right you no know, i, w- I would lo- on that. yeah i would like to get back to you on that question though actually Absolutely. like if there is a way yes there is a way we know i i actually really want to look at that question because all right perfect so what we're going to do is everybody that wants the update on that we're going to put that in the show notes all right perfect awesome i have to know what does your grandma think about what you've been able to accomplish with this oh oh she's like she's ecstatic like i i remember calling her several weeks ago or so and just like as you know all this stuff's been publicized and like everyone's saying uh, what we're doing and like all the pictures she's seen of like the delivery and she's super impressed. I mean, my whole family's impressed and uh, even my grandma, <laughs> my grandma, like she even commented like how like, um, like selfless and how, how wonderful it is to oh, uh, a young person grandma. in the community. To, yeah. So what I want to know is that, so you started this, Elderly Outreach Club, and now you have 120 members, and it's across mm. two different schools. And you're going to be a senior coming up this year. So, what are your future plans with this club? Yeah, so you know that's a big question, and there's a lot to consider when answering that question. But one of the things I do want to consider is really building a team. Some of the internal things, like for the club at my school, first is building a really strong like foundation team of officers, people who want to contribute to the club and make a difference. So build the leadership in that aspect and really uh, create a sense of um, a good environment for the club members and to make sure this thing withstands um, and just having sort of procedures implemented and in place in the program to make things easier for people and to not complicate, overcomplicate things and just make sure it goes on. And then as well as like the external things, once again, our biggest goal 
for this club. And our, the biggest thing that we want to do is spread to other schools and other schools within our county, our region, literally anywhere in the United States, have it like an elder Irish club started at their school so that they can influence and impact nearby retirement centers or retirement centers within their proximity of their community. And, you know, there's retirement centers all over the country. They're all over the region. There's a ton in our state of Virginia, and there's a lot of schools in our region as well. So having students who want to impact their community, starting an elder average club at their school would be super positive, And it would help a ton of elderly people because I know we can only get to, we serve two retirement communities so far mm-hmm. with the letters and in-person interactions but it, it's sort of hard to reach every single retirement center. So that's why having the yeah. club or just the cause like franchise to other places could, I think, significantly help. So your people. goal would be that each county and each school has this club so that yeah. kids mm-hmm. are able to help all different types of community centers within their community. Yes. Right. Yes. I love yes. this. All right, yeah. Jean-Claude, before I let you go, is there anything that we haven't covered that you would want people to know? I wanted to share one of my favorite stories about an in-person uh, delivery of the letters. Yes. Okay, so it was Valentine's Day and we were delivering the letters. We delivered to Harmony Spring Hill. We had a great time. But in particular, when we delivered to Heatherwood, this was like the first time I've made like a, like a real connection with one of the residents at the retirement center and it was wonderful and and just to begin that so we walked in we handed out the letters we read some of the letters to some of the uh elderly people and then i met a woman and her name was martha and uh we started talking at first and then it came to me that she told me that she was a pianist who traveled the entire world and internationally and everything and performed at many venues and she she accomplished a lot of things and she showed me her youtube channel where she played piano and everything and i thought it was so cool because i'm a pianist myself and i've played for eight years i love classical music so much and i love playing the piano um so being able to connect with her on that level and being able to uh uh share an interest of that sort was super uh, impactful for me. And it was sort of cool, I guess, because like, I don't, I'm not, I'm sure who like a lot of younger kids like classical music as much. So I'm sure I sort of shocked her a little bit. And then on top of that, they actually have a baby grand um, at the retirement center. So I was like, Hmm, like, should I play? (laughs) Like I have a, I have a piece of my sleeve. And then. Well, did you? (laughs) uh, I did. I did. We're not there. (laughs) We're getting there. So uh, I asked uh, the activities director and everything, and she was like, yes, please play. Like, the elderly people, they'll, they'll love it. The residents, they'll love it. So that's what I did. I got up, and I sat down at the piano, and I started playing. And I played a piece called, it was a Chopin piece. Are you familiar with him? I am not. That is okay. So he was from the romantic era of classical piano music. So, Martha's yeah. reaction. Oh my gosh. She was like, she was blown away. She was astonished. Uh, she was, was like, she sat there and she's like, like she went over like some specifics. Like there's a pedal on a piano. She was like, your use of pedal was so like smooth. And 
she was like bringing up another famous pianist like Claude Debussy and she was saying uh like how he said only use half pedal and I did and she loved it and she was like the way you touched the piano keys was wonderful it was wonderful and there was a yeah and then there's a picture of me uh holding out my hand and she was holding out her hand as well and we were sort of she was kind of she was trying to see she's like do you have pianist hands and so I held out my hand and she held out hers and the rest is history oh my gosh best friends (laughs) best friends best friends forever no and that was just a wonderful experience being able to uh share that connection with her and also being able to perform at their retirement center, which was extremely unexpected. I didn't expect it at all, but for it to be able to work out like that and get a great reaction and give them a good time was really uh, wonderful. Honestly, I can only imagine what a great experience that was for Martha because she spent her whole life doing this and to find someone that she connects with and having that moment between the two Mm -hmm. of you. I mean, what you are doing and the rest of the members of this club, you're, you're touching people's lives and it's, I'm very impressed. I, I I can't believe a junior in high school is doing so much for so many people. And thank you so much. I am very impressed with everything that you're doing now, before I let you go, you have to tell everybody how to follow you. Okay, so you can follow us on Instagram, and that's uh, our main sort of source of social media. We post everything there. We post all of our deliveries, all our updates, all our news, publicity, everything. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram at at Eldor. El, sorry, you can find us at social media at on the on our Instagram page at Elder underscore Outreach, and you can also find us at Facebook at Elder Outreach Club. Perfect. And you can find us both places. We'd love for anyone to follow us and support us. And, you know, this is a wonderful experience. And you can really stay updated. Uh, you can follow us on our journey and see other activities we can do. So, Absolutely. I'm following you guys. And that's how I ended up seeing oh, I saw that. <laughs> the NBC4, which yeah. I, have to, I have to tell everybody have to log on, follow you guys, see all the delivers. You can see you guys in action and just all the incredible work you're doing. Plus see the wonderful segments that you've done. You've gotten so much media coverage. I'm very impressed by basically everything that you're doing. Thank you. I loved speaking with you and I oh, it was a great time. Oh my gosh. I had such a great time. I learned so much about you and your club. And, and now I, I have an 18 year old stepson and I'm going to go downstairs and be like, what have you been doing? I just talked <laughs> <laughs> you to step it up. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, John Claude. And thank you so much to thank all of you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. All right, until next time, everybody. If you would like to learn more about our organization, please follow us on Facebook at Truman Charities or Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities or check out our website, trumancharities.com. I hope you enjoyed listening and hearing stories of selflessness and caring. Thank you so much. And I will see you next time.